Hello. Hello, Andre. Um, hi, Shannon. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Scary Talk episode 56. 2020 is a fucking hell tornado. <laughs> yeah, I think I've just kind of accepted that we're like in the end of days at this point. You know, like I think since 2016, it should have been clearer. But now, like, it's for sure happening. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a kind of delayed effect. But speaking of the end of days, this is not even a joke. So... Um, uh, yesterday, yes, yesterday, um, for work, I was, like, sent somewhere to give food to people who need it. It was, it was cool, whatever. But, like, <laughs> the thing was that it, it was, um, everyone had to be in their cars, though, the people who were receiving the food, because we couldn't have contact with the people. So it was, like, a drive through food drive, which is interesting. But, um, one of the ladies in the car I overheard in one of the cars was talking to the security guard we had there, and she was saying, <laughs> Like she was saying, oh, don't you think? Have you haven't you seen signs of the end of days recently? And the poor security guard, who was like super caught off guard, was like, um, yeah, I guess. And this eighty year old lady was like, yeah, me and my husband, like, we've definitely been seeing the signs. You know, we're reading the Bible, getting ready. And I was like, this is so morbid and also hilarious at the same time. I had to walk away because I was laughing so hard. Like, <laughs> <laughs> thankfully, it didn't hear me. But I just, yeah. Well. To everyone who thinks the world is actually ending, I am with you. We will die together while Andre laughs. <laughs> I will be cackling as you all descend into hell. I will be the last <laughs> one to go. No, seriously, though. I hope you're all at home. I hope that this is a part of your um, social, physical distancing, whatever you want to call it. Because I, you know, like, there's no such thing as overreacting when they estimate, you know, probably... Over 100,000 people in California are going to be dead pretty soon. Um, so try your best to like... That is kind of wild. That is kind of wild and it is terrible. I don't like the people... And I, funny enough, I used to be one of these people when the outbreak first started. I don't like the people that are like, well, like the death ratio is so small. Because it's like 2% or like 1.5%. And I'm like, California has like 56 million people. Like 2% of that is... The fuck is that? 11 million people? Like... <laughs> uh, wait, no, no, no. I'm doing it wrong. Sorry, sorry. 1.1... Fuck math. Hello. Hi. If you came here for a math podcast, Whatever. I'm sorry. Point is, point is, this shit out of people. Like it's not. Um. Wow. I did. Did I just? Did I just reveal my stupidity? But anyway, um, it's a shit ton of people. Scary. Um. Also, I know the answer to that question is no. Everyone's known that I'm stupid since episode one. But whatever. Rhetorical question. It's, okay. <laughs> no. I mean, I just. <sighs> it's just this whole thing has got me in like a I can hear mood, you clap you know? your hands oh my god yeah I, I, I it's just no, it's got it's, me in a mood it's like... so stressful like if you're not stressed out I don't know what you're doing like I it comes and goes in waves I think for me where I'm like everything's normal and then it's like oh it's not normal Ms. Rona we have to have a talk okay like it's a lot it's too much you it's need to much. chill um, wait are you talking to me <laughs> no Ms. Rona coronavirus oh so... my god that was way too that was that was confusing. Okay. <laughs> There's something interesting that I read, which is like, oh, like this could become one of the seasonal um, diseases that we have. Because mm -hmm. you know how we have cold and flu season? Like it could be cold, flu, and coronavirus season, which like to be scientifically technical, coronavirus is like, like we already have coronaviruses that cause the cold. This is like the fourth one. No, 
fourth or seventh or eighth. It's some number. It's like the eighth that we know of or something like that. Uh, but it's it's not like it's the first coronavirus. Like the SARS. Remember SARS? That was a thing. Um, that was caused by a, a, another coronavirus. So this is a new one. But it's not like we've never heard of a coronavirus. Um, so technically, it would still be called like cold and flu season. It's just that it would have one new member added to the hashtag squad. So... Um, Right. I mean, hope. I mean, like, given given that it seems like this, we can't actually get rid of this, and containment's been kind of shit so far. I honestly think that's probably the best outcome for it to just because once a once um as far as I understand, once a virus like this becomes seasonal, next time it hits, the waves aren't as hard. Mm. Just like you know, every time the every year when the flu and the cold hits, so that that's that kind of almost seems to be the best outcome for us to kind of. For it to kind of become accepted and we just kind of have it every year but in a way less like apocalyptic way you know what i mean well the issue um, like i don't know the issue i'm having is like i wish they could just you know i wish science would catch up and just find a way to like you know cure it entirely um but it's i don't know i just feel like we need to do our part to like protect the people who are like immunocompromised and elderly because I don't know. And then we have to deal with the fire season in California here. It's like there's just a season for everything that's trying to wipe us the fuck out. And I'm like, why fight it? You know? Okay, that was bad advice. We're fighting it, guys. Stay strong. <laughs> stay in your house. Shannon Shannon really said, everyone stay home to protect everyone. But also, who the fuck cares? <laughs> just all die. Um, no, the world is burning. Everyone's dying. You're right. Hi, everyone. Episode 56. Let's talk about ghosts. So, um... <laughs> Because that's what we're all going to become. I know. (laughs) That was good. Uh, Great segue. Um, Today, we are talking ghost hauntings, ghost stories, ghost shit. Um, How do ghost shit? How do ghost shit? That's a great question. Do ghost shit. Ectoplasm, You'd think... That's what I was about to say. They probably shit ectoplasm. You'd think, no, because ghosts... You know, I've told you, I think sometimes I think ghosts are really just like film projections on a loop. That's kind of why ghosts do the same thing every night and stay at the same place for eternity. But I feel like maybe not. Like maybe they are just like full, fully like developed people. It's just that they're ghosts and they just like being performative. So they do the same shit every night. But because they are just, you know, fully developed personas, they have to shit. They have to shit. They have to eat. What do they eat? Ecto food? Um... (laughs) I don't know. Oh, God. What the ecto food is literally just like standard McDonald's Happy Meal. <laughs> you know what I think of when I think of ecto food? I think of that SpongeBob episode where Plankton's eating his hologram at the end, his hologram sandwich. Have you ever seen that? Um, I think I. it's been like 10 or 15 years, but I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Karen, like, like he asks his like, computer wife, Karen, to like serve him food and she serves him like this sandwich hologram and he starts eating it. That's what I think of. So. You never know. Just for science, I'm wondering, is there, like, a correlation between, like, people above the age of 18 who, like, still watch Spongebob and, like, anything else? Because, like, uh, everyone always quotes Spongebob to me or, like, talks about Spongebob. And I'm like, why am I not on this bandwagon? Yeah. I think it's being above the age of 18 and having had cable when you were a child. (laughs) Oh, I don't know if that's true. I don't know. Um, Anyway, moving on. (laughs) I just... I just think, you know, you being 45, I just don't think it's kind of your vibe. I think you were into it a little bit late growing up. So right. You're yeah. right. Yeah. I'm I'm a boomer. Um, 
I'm glad that we all established that. Okay, so Andre, I don't even, I don't even know what to say. Like, I am so stressed out and I'm so anxious just so everyone's aware. But I have this book, right? And okay. I, I think that everyone here knows I'm a hoe for reading. So I got this book called Haunted Houses of California. Mm -hmm. um, it was written by Antoinette mm -hmm. May. She is an author. Um, her bio on her website says that Antoinette May, also known as Minerva, has been providing astrological advice to San Francisco Chronicle readers for many years. She won't say how many. Thank you, Minerva. Wow. Um, Minerva is kind of an unnerving name. Actually, that's a great drag name. Unnerving Minerva. That's, <laughs> please, everyone, welcome to the stage. Unnerving Minerva. That's good. That's good. I like that. Well, yeah, I mean, I can see that, sort of. I don't want to insult the author, um, but that's whatever. Um... So <laughs> I got this book and I was checking it out. It has a lot of interesting stuff. Obviously, it, I'm kind of annoyed that they chose to put the Winchester Mystery House on the front cover because like, could you be any more cliche? <sighs> uh -huh. Man, I just I've been there. And like, let me tell you, it's not haunted. Um, Wait, you've been there? Yeah, oh, when I was cool. a kid, I was like, we like went on the little tour. Um, it's really not as cool as it sounds. Um <laughs> Yeah, okay. Like half my research. No, I'm just kidding. Oh my god! I, <laughs> if you did the Winchester mystery house, I, I no, did I didn't. <laughs> so I'm gonna be reading. I think I have one, two, three, four, four or five little um, locations in California that are said to be haunted. Um, there's kind of a backstory to each one that I chose, which is you know like if you can build up a history or like a lore behind each location, I think that gives a better understanding of why there might be a haunting. Um, because mm -hmm. anyone can see any creepy house and be like, yeah, the ghost Jeff there, he lives there. And one time he tried to like kiss me on the mouth, you know? Um, so <laughs> he's lonely. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> he has no one to kiss and he just shits ectoplasm every day. Um, <laughs> God, this is a classy podcast. Welcome. Welcome guys. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I'm going to open this, this one with a quote. This actually is from the experience. So I lay a curse upon you and upon this house. I do not forget. And I do not forgive. Remember that. So this is the Montandon townhouse. Um, Montandon, Montandon. I don't know how you say that. So this was owned by Pat Montandon. I guess you're, we're just going to go with that. Mm -hmm. um, she was a hostess of a popular TV show in the 60s. She lived in San Francisco. That's where the townhouse was located. Um, she was also an author. Um, she gained national fame when she was listed um, in Esquire magazine as one of the top like TV show hostesses of all time. So she was glamorous, she was blonde, she was living her best life. However, she had a haunted house on Lombard Street. So, you know, you know, if you have it all, like, why not have a haunted house, right? Yeah, that's very <laughs> relatable. Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. So this story begins at a party. So it was kind of like a Zodiac-themed astrological party in the late 60s and... I guess Pat had a tarot card reader there and the tarot card reader is the one who kind of had this awkward outburst 
and told Pat this curse that I had opened this with. She said, I lay mm -hmm. a curse upon you and upon this house. I do not forgive and I do not forgive. So after that happened, I mean, <laughs> here's the thing with curses, right? So like, obviously something bad is going to happen, but on the flip side of that, bad things were probably going to happen anyway. So I guess we just have to use discernment and decide which one of these bad things are because of a curse and which ones were going to happen anyway. So if you want to... Also, like, didn't we, didn't we say that like curses are like low-key not real? I have no idea. Did we? Because we had like an episode about like cursed paintings or something, right? I think so. Yeah, I think I, I, I flip on that a lot because it's, it's one of those things I'm very on the fence about. But uh, continue. <laughs> yeah, I don't know either. But regardless, this is the Montana townhouse and it's cursed. So Pat was very um, unnerved by this. And so she seemed to really believe it. Her house was apparently repeatedly vandalized, caught on fire a couple of times. Her car was smashed a couple of times as well. Um, which I don't know what the crime rate was like in San Francisco during the sixties, but who even knows? So, um, her career apparently went downhill, which I guess in Hollywood or in this case, San Francisco, like that doesn't really surprise me. Um, her reputation was threatened, stuff like that. But in terms of the house itself, um, she claimed that windows that were locked inside of the house, they would just randomly open on their own. Um, there was a biting chill in the air, um, but there was a functioning heating system. So it was just always cold regardless. And two close friends um, who ended up sharing the house, I guess, cause she was renting it out at one point, they committed suicide. Um, mm. People repeated threats to her and they, she decided to hire round-the-clock guards to protect her. Um, so she thought the curse not only affected the townhome, but also her. The curse itself does say it's cursed upon you and this house. Um, she has said that she doesn't necessarily believe that the tarot reader caused these things. Um, the direct quote is, But possibly something in that ugly incident triggered evil forces already hovering about me or about the house itself once the scene of public hangings um i don't know whether or not that's true about the public hangings if that's ever been confirmed or not um but that's what she had said she was saying there's something evil in this house because people were hung here um so there is one truly horrifying thing that does happen here and it's kind of i wouldn't say unexplainable but for the purpose of this it's it's kind of weird so um, 1969, June 20th, there is a blaze of fire that starts in the master bedroom of the Montandon townhouse. So this is where Mary Louise Ward um, had been sleeping in Pat's absence. I guess she was house-sitting or something. Um, this was actually her closest friend and her secretary, Mary. And so she was discovered dead in that bedroom presumably by the fire smoke inhalation who knows the firemen had difficulty entering the house because the front door was chained and barred from the inside the possibility that mary louise had accidentally started the fire while smoking in the bed was ruled out because she didn't smoke um another theory is that a guest might have been responsible responsible but unfortunately the bedroom door was also locked from the inside so the autopsy revealed that the victim was dead before the fire. 
However, the cause of her death was never determined. Um, so there was no evidence of heart failure, sedation, or drunkenness. Her internal organs were in good condition and she didn't suffocate. So eventually the investigation was dropped and the cause of death was never solved. Um, any questions? Any thoughts? Um, spontaneous self-combustion? Maybe? Maybe. I think the most interesting part of that is that the front door was barred and chained and the bedroom was... Because that would lead you to think suicide, right? But there's no cause of death. So self-combustion is an interesting way to kill yourself, don't you think? I mean, <laughs> yeah, it is. Especially if <laughs> you could actually like accomplish that. Like, why would you be like, this is how I want to die? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I've read Stranger Things. So, um, yeah, no, that, that definitely sounds like there's something more sinister going on there. There's something, there's some external... <sighs> Uh, factor playing a role into her death so yeah okay I don't know that it's necessarily ghosts because you know I don't know if ghosts can work chains but maybe they started the mm. fire I don't know so yeah. <laughs> ghosts be like we didn't start the fire um yeah interesting so Pat moved from the townhouse um but she considered herself still haunted and so you know, she was concerned about the new tenants who were going to be renting it out. So she hired two mediums, Jerry Patton and Nick Nocerino. Nocorino? I don't know how you say that. Um, so the two psychic investigators visited the house. Um, Nick said that he could pick up on Pat's traumatic experiences and also the previous tenants before her. Um, I guess his impressions were fairly specific and he had like gleaned I guess if you want to say gleaned some names and some details and so Pat did some research and found that some of these people had been involved in some tragic events such as divorce personal loss or suicide but all those things are pretty standard to me especially if it's just you're living about your life you know stuff happens um, mm -hmm. but there was some incidents that happened while Nick and Jerry were inside the house so there was weird light configurations. So despite the absence of artificial lights, such as light bulbs, flash bulbs, chandeliers, etc., there was reflection. Um, so basically, like, they were taking pictures and they actually caught a picture of what they think is a ghost. And I'm looking at it right now. So this... Oh, you need to send that to me right now so I can react to that. And keep in mind, this could just be fake. Like, maybe there wasn't another woman there or something. Um, because it, it, I don't know, it looks real, like it looks like a real person, but from what they're saying, there wasn't anyone there. So, here's what they saw so, this print shows a woman bending over a drawer with one hand raised as though in surprise at some discovery. Um, the image was not on the negative, and there was no one in the room at the time except for Nick, who was taking the pictures. That's what they say, anyway. Okay. Do you see it? Ooh, I hate that. I don't. I feel like it looks like a real person, right? It looks like a statue almost, honestly. Yeah, mm. uh, that's spooky. I don't know. <laughs> um, so in an effort to verify the authenticity of the photographs, Pat arranged to have the negatives printed again under laboratory conditions with five independent witnesses present. So, the, 
the freshness of the chemicals was determined, negatives were brushed, um, shapes appeared on the prints that were not in the negative, and several looked as though light was coming from some unknown source. And the same ghostly face and figure of the woman was visible, although no one had been seen in the house. Since the whole role had been shot there, there seemed to be no possibility of a double exposure. So what that means is they were presumed authentic over the course of these um, prints with the independent witnesses. So, you know, I don't know. So, um, Nick Nosarino actually performed an exorcism while in the house. And he said afterwards that he no longer felt uneasy about the place and everything seemed to be stable and normal. So this house is actually still located on San Francisco's Lombard Street, if you ever want to stop by. I'll definitely put that on my to-do list next time I'm in San Francisco. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What did you think? Um... Spooky, sad. I think that I think the picture is real. I think that I, I, I'm I'm still thinking about the death of the woman who we think might or might have not been a suicide. Um, right. I don't know. That, that left me thinking. Um, overall, a, a pretty good, um, spooky, interesting uh, house. I, I I suppose. I just like the thing about these like haunted haunted houses. And really the only one that I've heard about in California actually probably would be the Winchester house. So I'm sorry. Is that like, it's never, it's never absolutely clear to me why. Like, okay. So like, if you want, if you go to the house today, is it still haunted? Cause like what I'm trying to figure mm. out is do these houses stay haunted over, like, do the ghosts ever leave? Is there something you need to do to make them leave? Do ghosts just get tired after a while and just like head out? Cause you say you went to the Winchester house and I've read like so much stuff about it being haunted and so many um, sightings. And like, there's a sighting of like this guy who like cleans chimneys inside the Winchester house that all like the staff or like the, like the current modern day staff that are part of like the tourist attraction of the house say that they always see him. I think his name is Clyde or something. So like <laughs> maybe he actually works there. Say, maybe no. A lot of people <laughs> say that, <laughs> that that they've seen him, whatever. So it's clearly still. I mean, to these people, it's still haunted even in modern day. But you say you 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 went to see it and you didn't think so. So I wonder, maybe it isn't. And if so, like okay, what about other haunted houses? Do they also just stop being haunted after enough time? I I don't know if there's a time thing. Maybe it's a stress thing, you know? Like, people see ghosts more when it's at night. Maybe that's when there's more fear and stress and anxiety present. Um, either that or that stress is causing them to see things, if we want to go the skeptic route. But if not, I don't know that there is a time. Because maybe, you know, it's just if they don't like the house guest or they don't like that person who's coming in, maybe that's when they appear. Or... Yeah. Um... I mean, I'd probably go more with that. and I, I, I wouldn't go with uh, stress makes people see things. I don't think... <laughs> I I don't think stress in a, in a person with no pre-existing like, mental conditions is going to cause straight up hallucinations. So I don't buy that. That to me sounds like... Oh my God, this must have been like episode two or three or four. We were talking about um, uh, 
uh, mass hysteria for something I can't recall, um, and how and how it spreads. Oh, I think we're talking about the Fatima children. Remember mm-hmm. in uh, in in Portugal and how um, everyone saw this phenomenon in the sky, but uh, people later said like they thought it must have been mass hysteria. And I'm like, there's no fucking way. Like that's such a lame explanation. Similar, it's similar to this. This is this is I have similar feelings about the stress makes you see, see things um, kind of theorem. So. That's my two cents on that. But um, <laughs> interesting, interesting stuff. Thank you. You're welcome. So it was just for you. I, I will proceed with um, a a couple of spooky stories. Okay, so I totally lied. I actually did research the Winchester house because I'm a basic bitch. Oh my but god. But we're not gonna we're not gonna go. But but funny enough, funny enough. Um, even before you said like that you thought that was lame i actually decided that i was not going to talk about that at least not initially like maybe if we have time left at the end maybe i'll touch on that but um yeah so actually of my own volition i was like yeah this is kind of lame so instead i'm gonna i'm gonna talk um i'm gonna um recount a couple of interesting ghost stories i found online um i thought these were pretty good i definitely thought they were more entertaining than talking about the winchester house so this is what we're doing right now <laughs> everyone buckle up for a couple of ghostly stories so um, this one is from Reddit user BrideEyes10, and they say, When I was 15, I traveled to Europe with my family. We stayed in Etal, Germany, in a small inn for a few nights. My parents had a double bed on the second floor. My sisters had the double bedroom next to theirs, and I was lucky enough to have a single room all to myself at the far end of the hall. When we went to check into our rooms, as soon as I entered the hallway our rooms that our, that our rooms were in, I remember almost feeling as though I walked into a wall of bad energy. Hmm. I just felt so unnerved and uneasy in that hallway, but I passed it off as an overactive imagination. I slept the first night without any issues other than waking up a few times. The next morning at breakfast, one of my sisters mentioned feeling really uncomfortable in the hallway, almost as if the air was crushing. It unnerved me even more that I wasn't the only one who felt weirded out, plus she was an adult at the time, so it further cemented in my head that that wing of the hotel was odd. Um, okay. Well, actually, I was gonna say thoughts so far, but no, let me just continue. Later that night, I'm sleeping peacefully, when about at, at about 2am, I'm woken by something ripping the covers off of me, being jerked about two feet towards the end of the bed by my ankle. At first, I thought someone had broken into my room because when I turned towards what had grabbed me, a huge looming black shape was visible in the darkness, like a man was in my room. I frantically flipped the light on, only to have there been nothing there. The window was locked from the inside, there was no one in the closet or the bathroom, and my room was also still locked from the inside. I stayed up the rest of the night, scared, playing Cooking Mama on my DS. Oh my god. <laughs> so that's a nice... I love that ending, by the way. Um, also... <laughs> Um, when when she said um, like it ripped the covers off of her when she was sleeping, that that gave me like the Invisible Man flashbacks. I don't know if you saw the new The Invisible Man before theaters went to hell recently, but um, I saw it in movie theater. It was really good. It was really good. So <laughs> everyone go see that. <laughs> but anyway, mm. spooky thoughts. Um, I who is that? Elizabeth Moss is that who that is in The Invisible? Yes, from The Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. yeah. Which, a- by the way, is a Scientologist. I just found this That's out. Literally, yesterday. what I was about to tell you. I'm saying, do sure. not 
do not go see that movie. I don't want the Scientologists to have any more money. That's all I have to say. Well, she got her paycheck before filming started, so she gets she gets paid. She already got her money, whether you go see that movie or not. So go see it. Universal Pictures <laughs> is in Scientology. <laughs> Only she is part of it, so it's okay. Right, right. Her paycheck still wants Scientology regardless. Great. Um, <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Which is kind of crazy. Ugh. It's like... One, she doesn't seem like a crazy person at all. I mean, I guess if you didn't know Tom Cruise was in Scientology, technically you couldn't guess it if you just looked at him. I mean, kind of, but not really, to be fair. But, like, I really did not see that coming at all until I read it in an article. And also, it just it's so funny to me because the article mentioned something that I thought of in that moment, which was like, wait, doesn't this, <laughs> doesn't this, doesn't this person, like, doesn't she, isn't she the protagonist of The Handmaid's Tale, which is basically, like, like there's so much cultish shit going on in there and i'm like where's the self-awareness you know what i'm saying um apparently she was asked about that and she said that she she completely disagrees with the notion that like it's comparable at all because scientology actually respects all religious beliefs and this is like convoluted explanation and i was just like bullshit um if you haven't interesting if you haven't already read leah remini's book um about scientology um please read it also watch her show i'm sure that's good as well because no here's the thing right like (sighs) like one for some time i i had hoped that like tom cruise would exit scientology if not for his own well-being just to kind of crumble the institution a little bit more because he is their biggest spokesperson but it feels like that's never going to happen but with elizabeth moss it's it's probably even less likely to happen because she apparently grew up in scientology Mm. with her parents already being in there by the time she was born whereas tom cruise went into head by himself when he was like 18 so that's wild and but that also makes me kind of blame her a little bit less because i mean how much of a choice does she have really um to be brainwashed like this <laughs> like it seems like it was really just kind of thrust upon her right. so right. i don't know yeah Everything we should fucking sucks. we should have compassion it's true she's a victim in this um it sucks but yes read that book also watch leah's series on whatever the fuck e who knows it's good it's good stuff um um so i did like that um ghost story back to the podcast which is what we're actually here for um (laughs) um send us a dm or you know message us on twitter what do you you actually want to to? let us know (laughs) um do you even care about the horror stories or do you just want to hear us talk about celebrities um so <laughs> we're here to serve you i was gonna say um totally we're definitely here to serve you guys we will talk about anything that panders to the most people so we get the most increased uh listenership during this corona time we do know that everyone's in quarantine during this pandemic so everyone's listening to podcasts so if anything shannon listen to me right now dude it's our time to increase that listenership so we need to go all in fucking pander to everyone and everything so um motorcycles i don't know are you into that i'm not (laughs) but thank you for asking i like that you're like willing to ask because you're not like quite sure yeah i mean neither am i i i I, i'm really putting in my all because trust me i couldn't give a fuck less about bikes <laughs> and our ratings just went down are into bikes. so listen uh harley's nice pretty bikes now on to the next story um this is called the rocking horse and it is told not the rocking horse but horse <laughs> that's what i thought you hey. said and i was yeah. like well why are you calling me out on our podcast andre um this is uh from reddit user harris yed And they say, one night, when I was maybe 10 or 12, I had trouble falling asleep. 
My bedroom was the entire top floor of our house, with my bed and such being on the left side and storage closets and a play area on the right. I was lying in bed playing Cooking Mama on my DS, just kidding, um, when I heard a noise from the other side of the room and saw a rocking horse begin to rock. It was sitting just outside one of the storage closet doors. It proceeded to rock its way halfway across the room and stopped dead under the ceiling light. At this point, I was freaking out and just buried my head under my blankets and never peeked out again until morning. When I woke up, the rocking horse was still in the middle of my room. Furthermore, I got a stern reprimand from my parents for being up out of bed playing with my toys well past my bedtime. Their bedroom was directly below the storage closet slash play area, and they had heard creaking shuffling across the room. Oh, that's um, creepy. That is really creepy. I just, when I read these stories, I, I I can really picture them in my mind really well, and I hate that. I detest that. I don't like that. I don't want it for myself 10 years ago when I was a kid, nor do I want it for my future children. This is horrid and gross. Um, that's spooky. You know, that is really spooky. Um, but they survived it so maybe that's the good thing because you know we hear a lot about hauntings and stuff but how often do people actually die i mean mary louise may have died from that but also we don't know for sure so i think i think yeah i don't think ghosts really kill people i think they should drop something my entire mic just tipped over it's fine i'm leaving that in by the way that's hilarious <laughs> i don't think ghosts really kill people um i think that i think that maybe they cause so much stress especially the the, the kind of more um sinister ghost entities that really want to kind of just screw with you or have some kind of vendetta agenda um they cause you so much stress and so much like distress that you kind of just wither away and just kind of die from that like chronic stress because i mean if you had to live in a house that was haunted with this entity that like didn't want you there wouldn't you be kind of like fucking stressed all the time i know i would um, that's just like when you have so, a really really shitty roommate actually so i totally get that yeah, I mean, basically, basically, but it's worse because you can't actually talk to them. I mean, you can, but they won't talk to you back. So you, communication does not well, work that in that instance. totally just sounds like a crappy roommate. Like, it's still, like, that's just a passive-aggressive roommate who, like, leaves you Well, my, my passive-aggressive roommates from the past at least passive-aggressively responded back to my passive-aggressiveness. So at least there was a response. But... <laughs> um, Interestingly enough, when I was reading this, I thought more demon than ghost, like the, like the rocking horse, and like, that just feels really like I don't know. I mean, I really have nothing to like back that assumption up. Just just it just feels more sinister than just like I, 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 I listen. Here's why: I would think that if it's a ghost, it would be a the ghost of a child, because why else would it be playing with a rocking horse? However, if it's a demon, demons really will just do anything at all to get your attention yeah. it's not that the demon itself is a demon child it's more that it knows that the person sleeping is a child and so they want to grab their attention and they do that but like messing with one of the toys the child plays with and just the fact that like it was just like left in the middle of the room and like there's no follow-up to this it just feels really creepy so i say demon case closed <laughs> the case is closed andre closed it <laughs> um no i was gonna say like this episode is about hauntings and i think that could definitely include demons because like in the last one i just talked about they did an exorcism how often do you hear about exorcisms for ghosts like that doesn't really make any sense I mean, yeah never um, yeah yeah so it's you know it's totally up in the air as to what's actually happening here i also thought of shadow people in the first story with the cooking mama um this episode is mm. not sponsored by cooking mama 
Just wanted to make that clear. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, Cookie Mama, if you do want to sponsor us, do hit us up at Talk Scary on Twitter. Now, here's the thing. Out of people, that's a very good thing to think about. I think that's very, yeah, that's definitely a good possibility. Um, however, I, I, be, I believe in shadow people. I think shadow people is such a rare, rare phenomenon, though. Like, I don't know why I get that feeling. I just get that feeling that I feel like it's more likely it was literally anything else than it was a shadow person. Because I think I told <laughs> you when we were talking about shadow people that I think it's possibly like people from other dimensions that we can accidentally like see because of like a glitch in the fucking matrix or something. Yeah. And you would think that's very, very rare. So I don't think that's it. If anything, it was a fucking demon looming over this poor person. So that sucks. Yeah, yeah for sure. That's... Th- yeah, definitely sucks. Oh man, this is this is really this is not a happy podcast, guys. Um, <laughs> I'm so Everything sorry. sucks, and if Ms. Rona doesn't kill you, a demon will. Oh my god, <laughs> shit! Oh god, everyone stick together. So this is the Mansions Hotel and Hotel Restaurant. Fuck, that is stupid. That's a stupid name. I didn't realize that it had the word hotel in it twice. Like that wasn't me. Like still being crazy i swear to god it's called the mansions hotel and hotel restaurant i think we're having a stroke but yeah (laughs) no it's literally that's what it's called um so this is san francisco as well because we love san francisco san francisco's where it's at um really expensive though why are you doing that so richard chambers he is the one who built this mansion it's in sacramento street it was built in 1887 so pretty damn pretty damn early um Mm -hmm. so chambers was a pretty wealthy dude he explored the entire west he traveled all the way up to montana he settled in utah he was like getting really rich off mines i guess and he like he discovered a rich vein of silver so like that's kind of how he was able to build this thing and um so chambers dies in 1901 and his wife had already died by that point so since the couple didn't have any kids the two nieces inherited the mansion so they actually redid this mansion um and kind of built it into a hotel right so we have claudia chambers who is one of the nieces who took over this this location this property um and we're going to talk a lot about claudia claudia adored pigs and raised them as pets that is important remember that so here's the thing so a little bit after doing all these renovations and separating the two buildings and you know doing all of that something really bizarre happened and there is a legend to this so it's not entirely I don't want to say it's not truthful, it's not proven, but this is what we think happened, okay? Claudia was sawed in half. <laughs> I don't I don't know how Claudia was sawed in half. That's part of the issue. Um I it's really a big bummer. That reminds me of American Horror Story Freak Show when Emma Roberts is sawed in half and like Evan Peters just watches and I was like, Really? Really? You could have helped yeah. her. Um, I'm glad you know what I'm talking about. I didn't like that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So a series of people lived in the house after that, but no one tended to stay very long. The place had kind of degenerated and it became run down until a man named Bob Pritikin bought it in 1977. Um, 
he was an advertising genius, an author. He was kind of nuts. Um, I guess he's the one who turned it into a hotel. I'm sorry. Apparently it was just two houses before. Um, so he turned it into the hotels and he kind of, um, he had a lot of skills, I guess. He was an interior designer, magician, art collector, and he decided to embellish, um, rooms inside the mansions to kind of keep Claudia happy because at this point the assumption is Claudia is still there in some form or another. So Pitakin had rooms decorated in crushed velvet, crystal, decorated with ceramic pigs, wooden pigs, metal pigs, painted pigs, anything to keep Claudia happy. So if you stay in this hotel, you're going to be surrounded by all kinds of pig statues. <laughs> um, okay. So the two mansions, the hotel, the mansion's hotel and the hotel restaurant, um, it's haunted either by Claudia or something else. There is a couple of hauntings or sightings, I guess you could say, that aren't necessarily connected to the Chambers family at all. So that's kind of why I feel like this one might not be entirely... I don't know. Maybe someone else lived on the property before that was built. Who knows? So so a guest was apparently decked by a heavy door that suddenly came loose from its hinges and fell on him. That's one instance of something really obscure happening. Um, a toilet okay. seat lid ripped itself loose from steel hinges... A crystal wine glass exploded in the presence of several guests, and the form of a lady, which is said to be ghostly, had been seen frequently on the grand staircase. That could be um, Claudia. Who knows? So there's a lot of weird things happening. So Pritikin calls in psychic Sylvia Brown. I actually saw a lot of mention of Sylvia in this book, so I took the liberty of looking into who she was, because apparently she's pretty famous. Um, Sylvia, oh god, I just totally proved that I know nothing at all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sylvia Celeste Brown, she was a American author who claimed to be a medium with psychic ability. She died in 2013. Um, she apparently had negative publicity. A lot of people believed that she was a fake and she was often discredited. Um, which I think happens a lot with people in this profession. You're bound to get discredited in some way or another or be wrong. Um, Brown claimed to have observed heaven and angels, and she apparently had a spirit guide named Francine. So, Sylvia. So Pritikin calls in Sylvia Brown, and Sylvia says, There's a girl here. Her name is Rachel, and she's dressed in a turn-of-the-century's maid's uniform. Um, she also said that sometimes people feel her presence. It's like someone brushing against cobwebs. Rachel supposedly died at 19 and remains frozen at that age. She says the girl planned to be married but contracted tuberculosis and now she's confused and wonders why so many people invade her world. Um, so I guess what she's saying is it's a maid. I don't know. Turn of the century, that means probably before the chambers even built the place. I'm not sure. So, mm -hmm. and we've already talked about Sylvia. So now I want to talk about Lorraine and Ed Warren, who apparently oh. also came to the mansions. Um, they said that they felt a concentration of energy in the Josephine room. And Lorraine said that there's an extremely heavy presence here. 
but it isn't negative. And I think I've already said I don't really think Lorraine and Ed are, you know, legit either. Um, just to yeah, reiterate that. <laughs> just to reiterate that. um so here's the fun part i always like to choose stuff like this just to make andre uncomfortable because like if we're not here for anything it's to make andre uncomfortable (laughs) so the author of this book um who i had brought up earlier antoinette may or i guess minerva as she likes to be called um spent an Mm -hmm. evening at the mansions with a group of psychic researchers and they set up a ouija board in the josephine room um (laughs) so apparently (laughs) so the josephine room is the one that's supposed to have like a presence but nothing negative um what the author minerva says is that um the spirits were extremely responsive um they were about to quit but the planchette board became extremely agitated whirling about almost out of control and it signed the letters j u L I A Julia. They were gonna say J U U L as in Jewel. <laughs> that would have been funny. Anyway. <laughs> I don't what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, jewel pods. Like, you know, what what kids vape on. Wait, what? I'm sorry, I forget you're fifty-two. Oh um, my god. Anyway. I don't understand any of these like young millennial references. <laughs> I can't handle this. I'm a boomer. <laughs> don't know what's happening right now. <laughs> so julia so the present at the present the presence asked that they help her um son henry ross by sending him light she said henry had committed suicide in the house when he was only 21 um at this point in the story a waiter appeared to remind them that it was past midnight and they pointed out that the branches of a large potted palm tree were moving briskly, but there was no air currents in the room. So that is basically the story. Um, the hotel restaurant is now closed and Bob Pritikin still owns it. So they don't know why it's closed, why he doesn't reopen it or sell it or anything. Um, and he doesn't tell anyone why. So if you want to visit this location, um, it is located at 2220 Sacramento Street, San Francisco, California. Okay. Wow. Well, um, so do we know how that bitch got sawed in half? (laughs) No, that's the thing. I literally have no idea how she got sawed in half. Because, like, I think this is this is as much a murder mystery as it is a ghost haunting so like i'm really intrigued by that (laughs) i think it might have been a freak accident or something i don't think it was a murder i think if it was a murder it probably would have been better documented i mean possible or there was a cover-up with local police um or it was a demon you know (laughs) i mean i don't know if the demons care whether like you just saw someone in half i think the laws of not having a physical body kind of dictate that you can't really just you know do shit as if you did have one that'd be kind of unfair to people who do have a body so you can't do shit but you can make shit well that's what i'm saying so so then so then it's probably it probably wasn't that however yeah Mm. you're right like ghosts do throw around shit demons also do throw around shit and you know and make shit explode and whatnot so i don't know i don't know maybe they 
But like, can they do that with enough strength to like saw someone in half? I feel like ghosts and demons usually like can slide a fucking glass off a table, but they can't really saw someone in half. Um, right. And we don't really know, you know, I feel like you know. It would be unfair if there was no disadvantage whatsoever to not having a physical body. So if you don't have to have a physical body and you can still saw someone in half, that's fucked up. Like, <laughs> that's totally rigged towards their favor. That's not fair. Well, also, like, like if every ghost could saw people in half, wouldn't it be more people be sawed in half? I mean, maybe it's not the preferred method of murder. Maybe... Uh you know like i said psychological torture is like what turns them on but maybe this particular demon really did want to just saw someone in half and so they did who knows um but great stuff though <laughs> thank you the ouija board part was good <laughs> what like turns ghosts on should we consult kesha for this um yes uh, for those of you who don't know i believe we did mention this once kesha kesha you know kesha our girl kesha kesha's a bird with a um dollar sign well no longer dollar sign in the s of her name she got rid of that a couple years ago she says she fucked the ghost once so there's that <laughs> <laughs> do you have anything else for us andre I do. It is um, Kesha's ghost fucking story. Just kidding. It's called um, Unwanted Tenants by Reddit user Vanilla Gorilla. Oh um, my uh, god, what? <laughs> this person says, My daughter was four years old when we left in our last home. I was a single mom at the time, so it was just she and I alone in the home. I always got an uncomfortable feeling in her room, particularly the closet area, but never thought much of it. Until one evening, I had put her to bed, and as I was doing chores, I walked by her room and heard her whispering. I listened for a bit, thinking she was playing Cooking Mama. Just kidding. <laughs> thinking she was talking Stop. to herself. <laughs> thinking she was talking to herself, but it was definitely a two-way conversation. Uh, with her saying, uh-huh, okay, stuff like that. I walked in and asked her who she was talking to. She smiled uncomfortably and said, no one. I took her out into the hall, and she wouldn't say anything, but I could tell she was afraid. Finally, we went outside of the house. She said there was a man in her room who didn't want us in the house, and he had told her this and to tell her mom to leave. I moved us out a month later. She has not since ever had an encounter. Now that is spooky as fuck. Mm. Um, I hate that. Like, she was like listening in on the door on her kid, clearly talking to someone, and she could hear it was two ways. And the kid was responding with like, uh-huh, okay. Like, what if this ghost demon entity, whatever it was, was, was like... Okay, so you're gonna murder your mom first. Oh uh huh. Okay. And then little bro like that's uh like that's literally like Amityville style shit. Like that's literally what that whole kind of story is. Is like this man who claims he was, you know, like talked to by some entity and then they killed the family and then the place is haunted forever. Like it's crazy. Like and the thing is that I believe it just because and even if this specific story isn't true, I believe I believe that ghosts, entities, demons, whatever they are, talk more to children than we know. Definitely more to children than adults, just because children are much more perceptible to that kind of thing. And also, way easy, they're more suggestible as well. So it, it's like the perfect combination. And it's just so <laughs> sad. Like you can't you can't take your eyes off your kid for a minute, or they're talking to a demon. Like oh my goddamn. god. I love like the, the like fucking insane generalizations you make because like I know that you're talking about it in the context of this but like pull it out in any other context like you're just at the PTA meeting and you're like you can't you can't take your eyes off little Jimmy for one second because next thing you know little fucker's talking to a demon. I know. <laughs> 
<laughs> like imagine like in between meetings, someone's like, yeah, well, my kid's getting bullied by John's son and that's not cool. And I'll be like, well, listen, that's why you can't take your eyes off your kid because <laughs> little John, I bet you he's bullying little Harry because a demon told him to do so. So watch your fucking kids. Um, Things no, that cool. happen in South Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, so I have another story. This is a little bit longer, but um, pretty good. So this is called Purgatory Road. There's there's no specific username attached to this one, but listen. So during August 2018, my friends and I took a road trip from New York City to Rhode Island. Whoop, None of us whoop. had been to Rhode Island before. Have you been to Rhode Island? No, but it sounds like a road trip. I'm down. Oh, yeah. Well, road trips are fun. Yeah, I know you like that. So we were excited <laughs> about the drive, especially because we had rented a Mustang convertible for it. We left a little later than... Ex it's funny because, like, they love that. Like, that's why they're excited. I would hate that. Like, I want the most modern, like, comfy, it has everything I need car in the world if I'm going to go on a road trip. You know what I mean? Like, not a car that I have to, like, fight for it to give me AC for 20 minutes. That's not my role. <laughs> so, anyway... This person says, we left a little later than expected. It was about 10.30 p.m. And since it was a busy, a busy Friday night, we decided to punch our destination into the Waze traffic app to beat the traffic. Eventually, we started losing steam. So my friend in the back seat fell asleep. And I just kept driving along quietly while playing Cookie Mama. When my friend in the passenger <laughs> seat told me to... <laughs> Tell me to exit the freeway to take a side route. At first... You driving were driving and playing white... Cooking Mama? <laughs> This guy lives life dangerously. Listen, the, I, you know, I don't, I don't, I am against that, but I also admire it. So, okay. Um, this guy says, at first, driving on the unlit winding back roads was relaxing, but then the wind picked up and it got increasingly foggy and misty. I wasn't scared per se, just a little on edge. I thought about pulling over to put the top up, but decided against it since there were no cars in sight. Heavy rain was projected for the entire weekend, so I wanted to get the most out of the convertible. So I kept going along as normal, if not a little too fast, to get back to the main roads as quickly as possible when something just shifted. I don't know how to explain it other than an unsettling, exposed feeling. I remember pulling my sweater over my legs to cover up. Then my friend up front told me to look at the street sign in the, in the distance. It read, Purgatory. We woke up our friend in the backseat who sort of scoffed. Seconds later, we went around a bend where a large red cross was installed on the side of the road with nothing else in sight. We just shrugged it off as a creepy coincidence. By then, we were kind of joking about an indulging and indulging in the spookiness, but around the next bend, a big truck came hurling down the one-lane road aimed straight at us. Luckily, my impulse was to swerve a little to the side, otherwise it probably would have resulted in a head-on collision. My friend tried to get his license plate number, but he sped off, while my other friend found the quickest route away from this particular road. We didn't really discuss what happened afterward because we were too creeped out, and we haven't talked about it since. While writing this story, I decided to look it up. I spent an hour trying to retrace our route and found the little road. It was indeed named Purgatory. And though we didn't notice it at the time, Google Maps revealed that Purgatory Road was situated next to an old graveyard. Curious about this road, I researched it further and discovered that two teen girls had died there in August of 2011 in an accident on their way to visit the grave of Rhode Island's infamous quote-unquote vampire. <gasps> oh, I love that. And that's where it is, which is, which is kind of abrupt, um, but actually perfect because... I feel like it tells you everything you need to know. And also, like, the very last word is a very good clue to what may be happening there. Yeah. Completely out of left field, for sure. My, like, my first thought wouldn't have been vampires, but that's some good shit. Um, 
can vampires haunt roads? Can they even haunt anything, even that they're not dead? Or, you know, they're not spirits? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I have no fucking clue. I, I don't know. Maybe vampire just means, like, they were, like, a murderer who drank blood or something. That could still be, like, a ghost. Let's still call it a yeah. vampire. I don't know. Kind of lit, I guess. Um, Speaking. Uh, oh, never mind. It's, yeah, I'll keep this. So I mean, uh, I, I I think I think that's really I think that's, you know there's more stories, but they're they're all right. Like that's really what I have. Um, I think I think what I want to leave um leave us with is just um, I I wish there was a way to differentiate between ghosts and demons more easily. I think that sometimes the line can get so blurry about what kind of case belongs to which kind of entity um, because they can behave similarly. Like, you know, if you tell me that some unseen force is throwing a glass off a table, that could really be either or. And it's I feel like it's really important to be able to know that just so you know what you have in your home so you know how, how to do treat you, it. How do you do the right diagnosis for this? Yeah. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. Like I wish it was an easier way. I think currently what we do is wait to see if someone in the home gets possessed and if so you have your answer and if not then that means it's probably just a ghost. But um I feel like by the time that happens it's kind of too late. So yeah. I mean, also, I guess if the entity is like, you know, before it possesses anyone, it's like drawing upside down crosses on your wall. I think you can get the hint that it's probably a demon and not just like, you know, fucking Helen's ghost or whatever. Um, <laughs> like, you know, Aunt Matilda's ghost. Like, it's probably a demon in that case. Um, but again, I don't know how often that happens. So it's just kind of unfortunate. That I don't know. Something that came to mind. Um, I... <laughs> I want to leave everyone with um, something completely off that note. Um, please, please, please be safe out there. Please wash your hands. Please stop hoarding toilet paper. Everyone needs to share their toilet paper. Um, yeah, we're hoping for the best, y'all. And we will continue to provide you with whatever you want. Because guess what? We can. We are here with we no can. excuses. We're so. We definitely are here. We can't go anywhere. So we can't do anything but provide you with our bullshit for an hour. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So okay. So Shannon, are you working from home right now? I actually yesterday they announced that I have to. So yeah. Okay, so that might happen to me soon. Um, but surprisingly, it hasn't happened yet. Like even the announcement hasn't happened yet. If there will mm -hmm. be an announcement at all, I don't know. Um, so funny enough, like what we've been doing is um basically i work at a center where like there's a lot of inflow and outflow of people but obviously like people are not allowed to come into that center for now but staff staff has been going to the center so i've been going to work for like the past two weeks in a to an empty like an empty center and just sitting in my office mm. and regularly we're, we're like outside the window where i would see people you know kind of just hustling and bustling around the center i now see nothing but empty tables and chairs and it's kind of dystopian and horrifying but also really hilarious so interesting stuff um yeah i don't know if they'll be sending me home soon um you know i mean kind of hope so if any if anything that kind of decreases the the chances of exposure even more that's good yeah. that's what we want so because for well, all i know totally like someone in the, you know 
It is. It's just, yeah. It's, it's um, totally like we've never navigated this before. Me and Andre are literally like 12 year olds. Like we don't know what we're doing. So like the, the least we can do is entertain <laughs> you guys while we like wait and see what happens to our, you know, corpses or. Basically. <sighs> I will say this though. I will say this. That's not entirely true. I think I am. This is not even shooting my own horn. Because if anything, this is a bad thing, not a good thing. I am a little more experienced in this than you would imagine. Just because. What was this? 10 years ago? 11 years ago 11 years ago when when the h1n1 crisis was taking place remember the uh, influenza um it hit mexico really hard and i used oh. to live there at the time and i remember everything closed like jobs closed school closed everything closed i remember it so vividly because i must have been what 12 13 wow. and school had closed and it was around my birthday that the thing like the, the, the outbreak hit the hardest it was in april and it hit hard and what i did for my birthday <laughs> was like my i remember my dad took me to see hannah montana the movie in theaters <laughs> before the theaters closed and i just like remember that so vividly because like i didn't do much else after that for a while until everything came to normal so i remember i remember 2009 everyone okay no. um so actually i, I i've kind of seen this before whereas i know that back then in the u.s it really didn't hit hard at all and so mm. everything kind of just went along as normal and now it's kind of vice versa for from what i understand so far mexico's really been kind of isolated from this apparently there's really very very few um confirmed cases that doesn't mean mm. there's not a lot of cases maybe they're just not getting tested but mm. there are as far as we know very few confirmed cases so mm. kind of a funny flip of the script yeah um yeah oh, but, but really... unfortunately i've been on the wrong side both times <laughs> uh, no i'm really glad that you shared that because that's really interesting um and i feel like that's really helpful to know because, you know, like, I like to remain hopeful. <laughs> See, okay, guys, like, for real, though, like, a lot of this podcast is, like, this is, like, the, as bad as it gets. Like, my persona is just, like, so hardwired into that skeptic thing that I'm kind of a downer. I'm not actually like that. Um, no, I do. I, I feel like there is some hope. I think that we will come out of this stronger. Um, maybe not stronger, but we're going to come out of this. We're going to learn some lessons and hopefully that will help our society. <laughs> We will all come out of it literally weaker, immunely speaking. No, I, I mean, I don't think, I mean, I didn't even consider that there wouldn't be an end to this. I think that's kind of silly, not to insult people's kind of fear, but I mean, really, it is silly. It's it's a matter of when, not if. Like, this is an apocalypse, honey, everyone calm down. It's just, it's really just a matter of if, and it's a matter of, it, like, sorry, it's not a matter of if, I meant it's a matter of when, and it's a matter of when we do come out of it, how bad did we do while we were in it that's that's really hmm. the big thing because again to me i know we will come out of it the scarier part is how many people will have you know died i mean to be blunt and and, and that's 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 the worrying part right that you want to keep that number to a minimum and yeah well i okay on my defense okay from me being stupid right and thinking it's the apocalypse has anyone i i want everyone to think real hard um, because I'm one of those people who watches gamers on YouTube. I know that's really weird because I don't play video games myself. I watch gamers and Call Me Kevin was constantly playing this game. I forget what it's called, but it's like a simulation where you see how long it takes the entire world to die based on a virus. And it's really fast, guys. Okay. And so not only have I learned from video games that we could die very quickly from this, but also Call Me Kevin, I'm in love with you. Um, please send me a Twitter DM. I'm single. Um... I know that you live in Ireland, but we can make it work. 
you can be single. Unfortunately, right now during Corona time, you cannot be ready to mingle. Positively, not. Well, Do not can, mingle, everyone. Call me Kevin. We can Facetime. I don't. I don't know why I'm calling you by your like name. Hi, Kevin. <laughs> Every time you say "call me Kevin," I swear to God, I feel like you're about to say "call me Kevin," but I'm pretty <laughs> sure that blank. <laughs> Listen, listen, yeah, I mean, it can spread pretty fast if it's not contained, but honey, this is in Plague Inc., okay? Like, it's, it's, we, we have, and by we, I mean the world, I think, has made fair efforts to contain this as much as possible and as fast as possible. Uh, look at China and look at Italy, which is great for, like, the overall outcome of this. I mean, it's, it, although it actually sucks for the people that are being contained right now, because the quarantine in Italy and the quarantines in China, from what I understand, aren't as um, open as, say, the quarantine that's taking place in California right now, which is much more self-voluntary. Like, people in Italy are literally being told by, like, little police robot cars outside their homes, like, stay inside. You cannot come out for anything. Right. Like, that's hardcore. Yeah. That's not happening here. Um, so... Anyway, containment taking place. So to me, that I definitely don't think that just gonna stop the virus, like just suddenly. I really think it's just gonna take a couple more months for it to kind of just die down slowly. Um, but it's better than the alternative, which is no fucking containment. Everyone gets it. So many people die, etc. So on that cheery note, um, <laughs> everyone, if you like this episode. Please do let us know uh, what you want us to pander to you about. I mean, talk about on next episode by um, tweeting us at TalkScary or DMing us on Instagram, also at TechScary. Um, or messaging us on Facebook, which is like rare, at ScaryTalk. That's our Facebook page. Um, also, give us a five-star rating because we deserve it. Um, we're still serving you laughs and spooks during Corona time. So give us that rating. And uh, Shannon, anything else? Um, I'm still thinking about Kevin. Um, if you ever, you know, you just find yourself in California. <laughs> if you and I live through this, I will personally bring this person over here and put you together on a blind date. You won't even know. You won't even know. You'll be so shocked. I'll record it all. Your face will be hilarious. It'll be worth it for me. Um, everyone, thank you for listening. We will see you soon with another episode. And uh, yeah, stay safe. Wash your hands. Bye. Bye.